This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. It's time to take command with former NFL tight end Logan Paulson and former Commander's Beat reporter Craig Hoffman. What's up? What's happening? Welcome into Take Command. It's an emergency podcast because Will Hobson of the Washington Post has caused us an emergency. The night before, Dan Snyder is not going to testify and Roger Goodell is on Capitol Hill. A bombshell report from the Post's investigative reporter that reveals the details of the 2009 sexual assault accusation against Dan Snyder. Hobson reporting that a woman on the plane, private plane, with Dan Snyder coming back from a music award ceremony that was produced by Dick Clark Productions, which Snyder owned at the time. Uh, the woman accused Snyder of trying, of asking her for sex, trying to undress her, groping her before she pushed him away and ended the assault. Uh, he denies it, and there's a lot of the back-and-forth details within Will Hobson's reporting in the Washington Post. I highly recommend anybody interested in the story reading the entire thing because there is a lot there. There is not only the he said, she said of the accusation itself, but there is the extent to which there was a cover-up and an attempt to hide this. And that is what could certainly change the dynamic for Roger Goodell as he testifies tomorrow and would it help explain why Dan Snyder very much does not want to testify. Why he was like, yeah, I think I'm going to be in France unavailable to testify to the House Oversight Committee tomorrow. To quickly recap, and then we'll be joined by Andrew Brandt to break this all down. What's supposed to happen in that situation after the woman went to the internal reporting uh, with the team and said, this happened, I am reporting it. It is supposed to then get handed off to the investigators at the NFL level. At the league level, Roger Goodell's office is supposed to take care of it. Instead, what happened, a lawyer for Daniel Snyder, the internal general counsel for the team at the Washington Commanders, or the Washington former nickname at the time, they did hire outside counsel uh, to investigate it, but there was a big, glaring conflict of interest. Interest. The firm hired Wilmer Hale was where the general counsel for Washington uh, formerly worked and went back to work after he was done working for the commander's organization. And they then said, that, no, the investigation is running not independently, but through Donovan, this lawyer uh, that worked for Dan Snyder and Washington. So basically the team was investigating itself and you can guess what the results were of that investigation. What did happen ultimately was a $1.6 million settlement because according to Snyder and his lawyers, the insurance company said that's what they should do. There was no admission of guilt, but Snyder, who said he was going to countersue this woman for defamation, never did. Uh, of course, defamation, part of it is you have to prove what is being accused is false uh, so that that never 
came to be that was merely a threat. Again, there's a ton of detail that I couldn't possibly get to in a podcast. Um, I mean, I guess I could. It would just be a very long and very boring podcast, and that's also kind of plagiarism. You should go read Will Hobson's work in the Washington Post. And for more reaction on that, uh, let's get to my chat with longtime NFL executive and legal expert, Andrew Brent. Joining me now is Andrew Brandt, worked in the league, has a great legal background, incredibly bright guy that we've had on our show before, and excited to have you uh, on Take Command, Andrew. Uh, unfortunately, uh, not under the, the, the lightest of circumstances that you make your debut here on this podcast, but I appreciate your perspective on this, and, and let's dive right in. Uh, what are the implications for Dan Snyder of now knowing details of something that we know he has been generally accused of and denies. And that when I say implications, both within the NFL, what Roger Goodell and, and other owners might think, and then also implications on how this affects the hearing tomorrow uh, as we record this Tuesday night, uh, as Roger Goodell is set to, to head virtually to Capitol Hill. Yeah, Craig, good to be with you. And as I think as your, your listeners know, I'm born and bred in Washington, huge fan growing up, but then the Redskins, it was kind of childhood memories are, great going to Redskin games with my dad from a very young age. So it sort of pains me to have these discussions all the time, which right. I seem to have a lot of, as you do over the years, uh, about ownership there. I think what's come out in just this day or this night is that there's been allegations about sexual misconduct from ownership. Well, we've talked about so long in the Washington Post reporting, and I've had the women on my podcast is that the toxicity in the workplace has been there and there have been investigations, as we know, an investigation that resulted in a big fine last summer and Mrs. Snyder taking over day-to-day operations of the team. But we always kind of assumed that was done below the ownership level, that it was done even by senior executives, but certainly not the owner. And then in congressional testimony number one, we'll have number two tomorrow, but we heard from some of the women's, like, as I referenced, some of the same ones that I had on my podcast. Um, and there was reference to an actual incident with the owner where he groped, uh, allegedly groped a former cheerleader under the table and then tried to push her into his limo. Now we find out uh, something we don't know if similar or not, but some sexual allegation was made about a time before in 2009 that resulted in an internal investigation. And I haven't read the detailed account, but what I'm gathering is that this allegation was made by the former employee. It resulted in, as I said, an internal investigation by the team's own general counsel. And then somewhere along the way, there was a financial settlement to this ex-employee. What we don't know, and I don't think it's detailed in the article, is whether the NFL was aware of this and whether the NFL addressed this. As you and I and all your listeners know so well, the personal conduct policy is not just for players. It's for every employee and owner. So certainly when I was in the league for 10 years with the Packers, I was certainly subject to that conduct policy, and the owners are as well. We'll see where this goes. I mean, there's a lot to unpack for the league about this and a lot of other things going on. And so I think what's interesting is, so we know, we knew of this allegation in the Wilkinson investigation. It came out in some of the Washington Post report, reporting 
at that time about this. There was something that happened in 2009 on Daniel Snyder's plane. It resulted in a seven-figure settlement. Uh, we now know it's $1.6 million. And the I think what you just pointed to is the most interesting thing here in terms of Goodell and tomorrow at this hearing is the league's conduct policy states, as you said, you're intimately familiar with this, as someone who was subject to it in your decade-long career as an executive, it states that anything at that level, a sexual assault investigation, needs to be run by Goodell and the commissioner's office at the league level. And this one was run by internal counsel or general counsel at the team level. And I, to me, if I'm on that committee tomorrow, one of the questions I have for Roger Goodell is, when did you know about this? Did you know about this at the time and you didn't follow your own policy or is this something you learned about in the course of the Wilkinson investigation, which then, by the way, got very ugly around this allegation? There were countersuits by this lawyer uh, trying to sue Wilkinson. He eventually dropped the case. So that, to me, would be how this affects tomorrow. I'm, I'm curious if, if you see it the same way. Yeah, that's with, why with the timing. Yeah, Craig, that's why the timing is so interesting, because we have these congressmen poised to ask strident questions about the Washington football team and their actions over the years at a time where this is coming out the night before, and it's going to be in the news as they take the stand. Again, as everyone knows, Daniel Snyder will not be there, whether live or virtually. He will just not be there. Uh, Of course, did he really have a business meeting overseas that he could not get out of for an hour to meet one of the most important bodies in the world? Of course not. I think it's a calculated risk that he decides he's better off not testifying than testifying. And whatever ridicule he takes by not being there is better in his estimation than ridicule he would take by being there. And the part we left out, which is the way we should leave this, is once again, Roger Goodell will take the bullets. Uh, Roger Goodell has protected him throughout, as he does with many owners, not specifically Daniel Snyder, And I feel for Roger Goodell going in front of that committee tomorrow morning because he's going to get strident, aggressive questioning. And a lot of it's going, uh, not all of it, not all of it, but most of it's going to be about what occurred under the leadership of Daniel Snyder. And it's going to be coming to the commissioner of the NFL, who's responsible for 32 franchises, not just one. Now, again, a lot of questions are going to be about this sort of general NFL attitude based on the Gruden emails, how, you know, it's going back and forth from people in the league. Gruden was a broadcaster at that time, but was going back to the, to the Washington team and maybe throughout the league and how this terrible attitude that people seem to have. But Goodell is going to do what he does so well. I admit that he does this very well. And why people wonder why he makes so much money. His constituents are not the players. They're the owners. And the owners pay him, obviously, handsomely to take the bullets so they don't have to. This is a big bullet he's going to take tomorrow. Answering these questions from a bunch of very aggressive congressmen asking about the Washington Redskins football team commanders. Uh, (laughs) So... I have Paul Kane, who covers Congress for the Washington Post on my radio show today, and he had a bunch of interesting things to say. But one one of the more interesting things to me was that he does not feel, covering this from the congressional side, that Snyder has any more allies in Congress, that the calculus has changed 
where it used to be, yeah, he's a rich guy, he's kind of annoying, but he owns a team, and you know that aligns you with a certain set of people on Capitol Hill. And now he has become so toxic that that has changed. And he is actually very curious, not just how the Democrats on the committee go at this tomorrow, which is where I think most people expect those very strident questions to come from, but that there may not be a direct alignment between Goodell and Snyder anymore, and that the Republican side of things is going to be aligned with Goodell in the NFL, not necessarily mm. Snyder. In your experience and what you know about the league and the connections you have in the league at the highest of levels from the position that you made in the position you used to sit, like what do you think of that analysis and, and what's your reaction when you hear that from someone who covers the congressional side of it? Yeah, that's interesting to me. I mean, there's two bases of support that Snyder has had. You just talked about one. And it is interesting to me to hear that he may be losing that base of support congressionally. He's done a lot to cultivate that, including the longtime president that is maybe at the source of all this, a guy named Bruce Allen. And Bruce, of course, his brother was governor and he had very strong connections on Capitol Hill. I think one of the primary reasons Bruce was hired is to foster those relationships. Bruce is obviously no longer there and suing Dan Snyder. Um, and counter suits and all those kind of things. But the other base, which I'm probably more qualified to talk about, is the base from ownership. A lot of people have asked me over the months and maybe years about can they get him out the way that they got out Jerry Richardson or the way the NBA got out Donald, Donald Sterling. And there's a reason why Daniel Snyder has not been moved to the side or even an attempt to do that. I don't know the exact reason, but it seems to be he has allies. He has support. He has friends in high places. He has the commissioner behind him. All these kind of things would be the reason why there hasn't been a move to move him out. Again, you know the litany, decades long to move to change the name, sexual and workplace misconduct, financial misdealings that, that uh, shorted some other owners, the allegations of that a couple months ago. And then, of course, these personal allegations of misconduct. But he survives. And he is, I don't think, any closer to being pushed out of the league than before. I know there was an article about counting the votes, but I just don't see it. So he has done what he's needed to do in the base that truly matters to him, maybe even more than Congress, which is keep his ownership base. I've heard in the past that he's very close with Jerry Jones. I don't know if that's still the case. But that would be an extremely powerful ally who wields as much influence as any NFL owner. Perhaps he's close with Robert Kraft. I mean, these are kind of the, the people they grew up with in the league starting in 1999. So that would make sense. I'll get you out of here on this question. Um, and again, really appreciate your time doing this sure. on short notice. Um, to me and to most observers uh, who have covered this, everyone that I've talked to and had on shows, the one thing that could get him kicked out is some sort of financial impropriety where if he actually was taking money, that would be the thing where it's a little bit of a mafia mentality. Like we don't care what you do to anybody else, but if you do stuff to us, then you can't be a part of our crew anymore. And my question to you is actually not at that direct. It's not if they find out that he cooked the books, is he out? Because I, you know, that that's not really not that interesting. And I think that's going to be really hard to prove quite frankly. My question is if there is enough evidence and enough, that there's just mounting and mounting and mounting negative attention, or it is clear that he is a negative pull on the league that is affecting their bottom line, even if he didn't directly steal money from them by cooking the books. 
do you think that there is ever a straw that could break the camel's back of momentum to get him out of ownership in Washington because of the overwhelming negative impact he has on the National Football League? I think it's got to be a cumulative effect. It could be, I mean, the money with the sexual allegation, with the workplace environment, with something else, having a negative impact, bringing a negative repute to the league. Yes, but it's got to be smoking guns and it's got to be a combined cumulative weight of this effect. You know, I had AJ Perez who broke that story about the money and on my podcast and he said, yeah, but it wasn't every game and it wasn't even every year. And some, and we're not talking about even hundreds of thousands, maybe tens of thousands of dollars, which is a rounding error to most of these owners. So I'm not sure that would be the thing unless there's a whole nother cookbook situation. Right. But yeah, like you said, if you combine the cookbooks and the resistance to the name change and the toxic workplace and the uh, and now these two direct personal allegations of sexual misconduct. But again, we have to say this. Every owner doesn't want everyone looking in his closet, too. And we've heard things about Jerry Jones over this this own off this particular offseason where the most senior executive there was accused of some peeping and a, a payoff to cheerleaders. So I don't know. What I do know is that it's this weird time. We're going to have a major, major suspension in the next month for Deshaun Watson. And I know the NFLPA is going to say, okay, what about these guys? What about Snyder? Now that's not a direct offense, but I know that's going to be brought up by the union because they don't feel it's similar uh, discipline, sanction, punishment for the ownership side. And as we just started this podcast, it's all the same. We're all under the personal conduct policy. I'm not there anymore, but everyone is. So, it brings up a lot of different issues. No doubt about it. Uh, it is long as complex. I appreciate your expertise on, on the areas that we've touched. Uh, and I'm sure you will be covering this even more on your podcast and all the different outlets. If you want more from Andrew, Sports Illustrated Business of Sports podcast, you can also go to andrew-brandt.com to see what else he's got going. Andrew, thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it. You got it, Craig. Enjoy it. Again, thanks to Andrew Brandt for coming on the show. That'll do for this emergency pod edition of Take Command. We have a really fun show planned for Thursday. We will, of course, recap whatever happens in the hearing, but Logan and I are going to do a nice fun little game with the skill position players in the NFC East. So nice follow-up to our conversation Monday about Terry McLaurin. Uh, If you are not subscribed to this podcast, we, of course, would love for you to do that, and we will have full coverage of the congressional hearing tomorrow across both stations, 106.7 The Fan. Uh, I will actually be on with Grant Danny during the Blitz. I think about 4.13-ish is the time that, that producer Ryan has given me. And of course, uh, starting with Kevin Sheehan in the morning on the Team 980 all the way through to Russell and Medhurst in the afternoon. So be great stuff all day long on both stations. And uh, again, thanks to Andrew Brandt for doing this emergency podcast. If we can get more stuff for you, we will certainly put another pod in the feed here on Take Command. But absent of that, uh, and absent of some bombshell coming out tomorrow where we need to emergency pod again, we will see you Thursday back here on Take Command.